0: You're always gonna need more money than you think. It'll take three times as long as you planned. There will be product failures, cash flow problems, PR disasters, and people will let you down. Throw COVID into the mix, and you wonder why people even start businesses. But 200,000 of you did during lockdown. And our guest today has been on The Entrepreneur roundabout several times. A self-described serial idiot John Courtney has learned a lot about how to plan for success during times of uncertainty. He joins us today to share the importance of planning, reviewing, and pivoting at record intervals to stay ahead of the curve. Welcome, John, to the show.
1: Good morning, Patricia.
0: I can't imagine... Um, I mean, you have such a great insight to this in terms of your own businesses and also the ones that you're working with um, in an advisory role. How difficult it is uh, for businesses now because of impact and the recession, especially those, I suppose, that haven't got that far along in their digital strategy. What is your experience being of that?
1: yeah it it it's obviously very tough for some businesses. um interestingly, uh, we deal with a lot of businesses we talk to a lot um some are some are really suffering um and 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 some are doing well and and a lot are, are are in between. um a lot comes down to um the the fact that we haven't been here before. there's lots of different things we all know that. Um, the remarkable thing I think is how Um, Some businesses are being so uh, creative in how they adjust to things. If you just look at how, if you've been for a meal in your local pub, um, I I, I went uh, a couple of days ago. uh, They're taking the temperature, they've got face masks, they've got lists, they're um, social distancing, they've got special um, uh, menus uh, and so on. Uh, we're all being so creative about how we do things. Zoom, everybody's on Zoom, and, um, <laughs> uh, other such uh, su- such things. Um, it is tough. It is difficult. Um, I-, I think one of the things that that I would suggest first and foremost uh, really is, is 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 planning your way out of it. Nobody quite knows where we are. Are, are we at the middle? Are we near the end? Um, but sitting down even simple things like sitting down with a blank sheet of paper um, and, and drawing up a list of what's going to be different what is currently different what's going to be different in the future in the world generally and then break it down what's going to be different in your industry and then how does that affect your value proposition and what you're putting to the marketplace. Um, there has to be some guessing but an educated guessing um, but unless you plan, unless you think forward, unless you're creative, um, then that then you're going to kind of really struggle, I think, in the current situation.
0: Yeah, I think it's that. Um, it's, a, it's almost like brainstorming all the ideating all the future parallel universes that could, that could exist, and planning for each of those scenarios. Um, but let's pause for a second before we get stuck into the here and now, and let's. Um, reflect back because you have seen quite a few uh different business circumstances you know a variety of uh highs and lows in the uh in the uh, economic climate um talk us through your uh career journey how have you and those those seven businesses um that you've that you've built over the years talk us through that
1: well i'm 109 as you know so <laughs> it's uh, um, there, there, there's a bit uh, um Listen, seven businesses. I, I call myself a serial idiot. I, I'm really <laughs> not quite sure why. You know, I'm I'm now 63. What, why have I started a seventh business? Um, my my wife thinks I'll I'll still be doing it at 85, and I'll be on my ninth by then. Um, I just enjoy the the. I enjoy, enjoy creating. That's kind of what entrepreneurs—I hate the word—but that's what kind mm-hmm. of what entrepreneurs do. They create something out of nothing, and then people buy the goods, or buy the service, or buy the brand. And 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 when they do, that's like wow. You know, you have to pinch yourself. I created this, and actually, somebody's bought it. And and that that act of creation is 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 what what drives us. And um, so so over the seven, I'm not going to. Go through all of them, but, but there's been uh, some sometimes opportunism. Sometimes
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you just stumble across an idea. Sometimes uh, you stumble across a problem that nobody's created, um, and you just try and make something out of nothing. That's 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 kind of all that I've done. And then you try and wrap a brand around that, and try and be clear about your value proposition. What it is that you're supplying different to your customers or your, or, or your clients um and 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 then you keep <laughs> you keep making mistakes as you as you go along and and hopefully learning from those mistakes i always say to to people look at look look at my gray hairs each one of those is a mistake <laughs> and, and look at these missing ones at the at the front and the back and the middle you know, they're really bad mistakes um And uh, so I've made a lot in my time and I'll continue to to, to make them. I just try not to make the same mistake twice or if I do I get really frustrated.
0: Uh, I love that you measure your mistakes by your hairline um but yeah let's talk about um because it is important to learn from mistakes and um you are very you were very candid with me um when we first spoke a few weeks ago um about some of the ones that you have made um let's touch upon those um what happened and what did you learn from them
1: <laughs> oh there's so many um okay biggest mistake I ever made uh I was lucky enough I had a um I had a sports business, uh, which had its uh, 15 minutes of fame. Uh, we got on the news and the telly and the papers and, uh, and mm-hmm. so on, which was fabulous. Um, and then I um, I got offered by a, a venture capital company. Um, I got offered, it was half a million pounds, oh, 25, 30 years ago probably now. So that's probably one and a half million in, in, in today's money. Uh, and I turned it down. And I thought... Arrogantly, stupidly, naively, I don't know, but I thought that I could uh, do it with my own limited funds um, and I i couldn't I You know, I thought I thought the the money was very expensive, which it was mm-hmm. um, I thought I didn't need the non-exec directors that they were going to put on my board mm-hmm. But actually I did <laughs> And uh, and I said no. And my my accountant who'd, who'd taken me there in the first place couldn't couldn't believe I was I was turning the money down. The money. He said, "Look, you know, you can go out and you can replicate this business around the world. Um, think of the life that you're going to have. Think of think of you know how this is going to pan out for you." I said, "Yeah, but the money's so expensive." Um, and it, anyway, I I turned the money down um, and. I think about four years later, I closed the business um, mm. because it ran out of money. Um, and, jeez, how many lessons did I learn there? Uh, lots of them. <laughs> I probably made most mistakes in that particular business, yeah. um, kind of piled on. One is you always need more money than you think you're going to need. The business is going to take three times as long to ramp up as you think it will do in your in your wonderful business plan with its hockey stick curve. Mm-hmm. Um you know, people are going to let you down along the way. Um, there's going to be product failure. Uh, you're going to have some PR, design. you know, the, the yeah. stuff you don't put in the business plan. Some of that stuff is going to happen. So you always need more money. Um, uh, and and most certainly, you certainly need um, uh, expert external advice. I was, what was I? I was about 29, I think, mm. when when all this happened. Um Gosh, so more than thirty years ago, the um, and and I thought I knew quite a bit. I, I'd had businesses since I was twenty-one, but actually, yeah. I knew I knew very little. And boy, could I have done with external advice, an on exec director, a uh, board advisor, or whatever, um, to keep me focused, to keep me, um, yeah. Uh, so so I I learned those lessons. I I I also. I hired uh, family, friends, neighbours. Um, uh, it was my hobby as well as my business. Yeah. Gosh, how many mistakes can you pile into one particular <laughs> business? And and yet it's the one business because it was my hobby.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and and it was it, it it's the one. If I actually go back to a business, um, you know, when I'm 85 and I, I I go for business number nine, it might actually be that one because there's still something there. There's unfinished business for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you've probably just taken the book of all the mistakes you can make and pile them all into that one business. But it did stand you in good stead because you did go on to build a very successful digital marketing agency with your wife for 20 years and employ quite a few people. Um, Now, you've gone from the person who wouldn't take external advice to the man that now runs a business (laughs) that gives external advice. (laughs) Um, Ironic, isn't it? yeah. (laughs) But I think no better man. Um, boardroomadvisors.co.uk. Tell us about what it is and how you've ended up um, launching that.
1: So the the business is 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 quite simple. Uh, we do provide non-exec directors, but actually that's not the biggest piece of what we do. The biggest piece is part-time executive directors. So that is uh, operations directors, commercial directors, and actually our biggest piece is part-time managing directors. So as 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 companies scale up, um, they, they need to bolster uh, their, their, their senior management uh, team uh, at director level. But it's tough if you've just had, I don't know, um, 250,000 funding. Then to take on somebody at 100, 150,000 pounds, it's like, mm. well, we can't afford that. So, so you end up taking somebody, you know, perhaps at managerial level, rather than director level. You downgrade the role.
0: Mm-hmm. Was,
1: or, or you don't do it at all and you wait until you've got more funds or, or, or whatever. And, and so the idea of boardroom Advisors is uh, that you can have, I mean, our catchphrase is you, you can have a heavy hitter without, he- without a heavy price. So you can have a day a week or mm-hmm. a day a month or two days a week, whatever. And you can flex up and down and, and, and so on. That's the idea. And so as companies scale, they can have somebody serious, but without it, it costing them a fortune. Um, and that's the whole concept of, of, of boardroom advisors. Um, and, and just going back, you you were mentioning earlier about COVID and the difficult circumstances, we're, 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 we're one of the lucky ones in that, um, businesses need to do some different things but they're really scared about making mm. long-term commitments yeah so i mean that's really worked uh, to our advantage um you know we go month by month and people use us as long as as long as they want us. so um you know it's it's kind of made for, for for the circumstance and we're busier now than we were before lockdown um so but that's luck I didn't you know
0: well <laughs> and, and you need, luck you, you, <laughs> you need luck in
1: business you know people kind of rule that out oh no, yeah. no business plans you need to be focused you need to, and, and that's all correct it is but also you need luck yeah. um and uh and, and, and for, well for this one yeah. there the, the, the was a slice
0: yeah well there's always opportunity in uh in times of crisis yeah they um, say it's
1: a bit, you know that that, that that actually a recession is the best time to start a business because if mm. you've got something that works in a recession my god is it going to work when 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 there's growth out there yeah um so yeah
0: and that's actually been seen in the uk o2 um did a report um and there was over two hundred thousand businesses launched during lockdown Hmm. Manchester is the furloughpreneur capital of the UK with 4,000 um uh, wow, the highest per, per capita um, launches. Um, now you mentioned something there about scaling businesses and I think that's a really key um, area to focus on um, because the UK um, needs more businesses to scale, it has a productivity problem. Um, and that's one of your sweet spots. So um let's talk about some of the challenges that you're seeing within those those scale up businesses what are the you know what are your um your team telling you that they're seeing from those from those businesses
1: yeah- okay the um the issues generally fall into four uh categories for us there are more but the the big four for us are around strategy growth funding and an exit as well um so uh yeah making sure that your business strategy is right that it's focused that you have you know in its essence a, a value proposition that that makes you different in the marketplace that separates you from your competition that has a wow that means that people actually want to buy what you have it's surprising how many companies haven't done work in that area
0: mm-hmm.
1: um or if they have it's 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 a bit thin sometimes yeah um and then also the planning process, you know, business planning sounds so tedious and boring. It's actually, I, I, you can hear it in my voice, I find it a very creative process. You brainstorm, nobody knows the answer. People say to me, you know, it, it, it's kind of like doing budgeting and forecasting. Well, I don't know the answers. Well, no, you don't. Have an educated guess. That's what it is, and that's what business planning is. It's kind of an educated guess. You know where you are, you know, you have an idea where you want to be. Yeah. Um, well some people do do you know one of the things when we do strategy planning with clients um half the time is actually set, is trying to work out with them around a the table you know with a whiteboard and uh, and brainstorming where are you now and where do you want to be and in what time scale do you want to get the, to that particular point in time and that's always that's the most difficult piece because around the table you know you might have four or five decision makers around the table no matter what size of company you've got actually they've all got slightly different personal agendas they're all different ages Uh, they've all come to the company for different reasons They, they want to exit at different times or or their careers at different levels so they all want to do slightly different things personally so actually getting them around the table to say well okay where do you want to be in a year's time or two years time or three years time Um, And getting agreement around that is is the most difficult and the most important because because if you just want to grow a business, say, by 5% over three years, guess what? You don't have to do very much. You just have to hang on to what you've got and and tinker a little bit. But if you want to double the size of the business in three years, Mm -hmm. actually, you need to do shed loads. Um, (laughs) So you need to – well, you need to – it gives you a sense of scale, doesn't it? um yeah so if you want to to achieve that sense of scale and if that is realistic and objective which you test first then okay how do we move the dial to that extent what are our options and that's where strategy work gets really creative what are our options guys and you go around the room and you have a whiteboard and you get the ideas down and and and, and normal brainstorming rules apply you don't criticize or 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 pick at anything you know you just get it up there and then afterwards when you've got a list you can start picking at it and prioritizing and perhaps uh, amalgamating one or two smaller ideas into a bigger one and so on and then you'd look and say well okay which of these ideas it it looks like it's the most likely or or which two ideas can we run Mm -hmm. perhaps in parallel you know it's this sort of work but you need that sense of direction and that sense of scale at the beginning um and that's often what companies companies like particularly particularly scale up businesses because they're they're relatively new
0: and actually just going back to something that you said earlier about businesses not being able to afford that expertise do you think that's Mm -hmm. maybe part of the problem that they're they're still they're all you know those four or five decision makers are at that point of the business where it is it's it's starting to ramp up and it's growing so they're all heavily involved in the business, making yes. sure the business gets done, and they just don't have the resource to be able to take a step out of it.
1: Yes, it's the old um, working on the business instead of working in the business. Yeah, um, which is kind of a catchphrase. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, you you know, having external advice, uh, external and objective advice, I think is essential for any business. One of the problems also is I think it's it's the the kind of the non executive director. Oh, yeah. It's such an old school term, isn't it? It sounds fuddy duddy. <laughs> you know, oh, that's mm. a job for the boys, and oh gosh, we're going to get stuck with this guy forever, and he's going to waffle, and, and you know, he's oh no, that isn't how it should be. Not in today's world. So we don't actually do many non executive director positions. You know, if if anything, the watered down version, the the board advisor, which is mm. kind of a similar thing, but but without being technically a director of a limited company yeah
0: without the legal
1: yeah and that has responsibilities and and legal legal issues for both parties so you know i never suggest that 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 we jump in and do that um in in the first place start as a board advisor if it's a if it's a general role um uh, and and you know get used to each other but um don't don't have don't think that people have to be there for for the next three, five, ten years, you know, you take it a month at a time, you know, is this, is this guy or girl actually helping your business? If so, do you want them next month? Yes. And, and how much of them do you want next month? And that's, that's more today's world, isn't it? In, in, in scale up land, you've got to be flexible. You know, scale ups have to be flexible. You know, they have to pivot. Well, perhaps we have to pivot with advisors you know Jilly's done a great job but actually is it still Jilly you need or have you has the business pivoted yeah. and actually now it's somebody with Fred's skills rather than Jilly's skills you know okay let's 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 change it up um, that's more you know the scale up it moves so fast and, and yeah. therefore advisors have to move fast too
0: I mean you said earlier you know you at the time that you had that sports business and you had declined the investment which had come with non-execs and you felt that you didn't want to listen to them then do you see a difference is there a sea change now in uh, in modern day founders do they um are they more open to listening and learning from the mistakes of others and you know in your sort of non-exec roles are they or have you have you picked those because they are open to it or um yeah you know, what, it's tricky is
1: it? um the thing about entrepreneurs is is that we're all we're all very confident in our abilities and therefore taking advice is it is, is difficult um but not impossible and and certainly yes i think today's entrepreneurs do take more advice you know they've often been in a um uh, an incubator or an accelerator where where they've done uh where, where they've had mentors uh, mm-hmm. And so they've taken advice from mentors. And, and really, when you when you get out of that environment, and you're in the world, um, having a um, uh, a board advisor, or, or, or a part time executive director, whatever, that's just a, um, you know, it, it, it's a similar type of role. So, so so I think often entrepreneurs now are, are, are more used to taking advice. And, uh, and and so on but you have to have the right mm. person it's all about the it's all about the 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 personal um uh, gel between the advisor and the founders um if, if, if that's the stage the business is at and that really has to work if it doesn't then you have to find somebody else
0: yeah and it's also that you know one of the other fundamentals of an entrepreneur is that you need to have that resilience and bloody mindedness to also know that 50 people are going to tell you your idea is not going to yes. work but you still have to persevere but it's like it, finding the one that you should listen to
1: <laughs> it, well it's really tough isn't it and yeah and 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 so yes the entrepreneur has to be a little bit open-minded but yes not take everybody's advice listen I've I cricket's my sport and 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 I've been lucky enough to captain a few teams I remember when I first captained my first um uh, senior team um uh, I I I took everybody's advice on board, and I made everybody else's mistakes. And I'm halfway through my first season in the dressing room, head in hands, thinking, what am I doing here? (laughs) I'm making everybody else's mistakes. And I vowed at that point I would keep listening to advice, but I would always trust my instinct, trust my gut. Hmm. Um, And I do that in business. And, And so the entrepreneur, I firmly believe, has to trust his gut feel and instinct, get the advice, but trust your gut feel and trust your instinct because it's that more than the thoroughly thought out business plan, more than actually the advice that you take. It's the gut feel and instinct that is going to drive you to make some fundamentally good decisions.
0: Hmm. It's um, almost like informed decisions.
1: Yeah, because your gut feel comes, you don't quite realize it, but it, it also comes from some of the logical stuff that's swanning around in your head. Hmm. Um It's it's a whole mix and a jumble of things. Um, I remember when I I used to uh, recruit a lot of people. Uh, So you mentioned my digital marketing agency. We we had 50 people there. So um, I used to have a recruitment matrix, and and I'd work out what it is I needed, what skills I needed from people uh, for particular roles, and I would rank them out of 10 uh, and, and so on. But I would have, as my main skill weighted, as, as the main uh, judgment, what my gut feel and instinct was about the person. Um, and that, that was rarely wrong.
0: Well, you have 20 years of a successful business to, to say it wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, rarely wrong, I believe it. <laughs> um, and what about entrepreneurs themselves? Do you think that they should become non-execs? Does that help them in growing their own businesses? Um, obviously, it helps the, the the ones coming behind them. Um, and what does it involve if they do decide to do it?
1: Yeah, you've just got, to, yes, I think, but you've got to pick your timing. Um, at our end, so uh, with Boredom Advisors, with, you know, we've got 80 people, um, they have all scaled businesses. So they've all been or are currently entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But they're also quite um, senior people in the sense that, you know, they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, some of us. Um, so we, we, we've got the gray hairs and experience. You know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're 25, should you be a, well, there is no should, but is being a non-exec on somebody else's business going to help? It, it kind of gives you a more rounded view to life but you've I think you've got to pick your moment perhaps not you know when you're trying to scale up your first business because you're working 80 hours a week already or 100 hours a week why would you want extra stuff on top of that yeah um, so I think you just got to pick your moment when perhaps you're a bit more um, it's not so much about maturity my son James uh, has a wonderful uh, business lots rewards and and he's he's very clever and he helps me with my business I help him with his um and and you know he's still in his 20s so i don't think it's about age um i just think it's about mental space yeah um so you know perhaps in your second or third business maybe if you're if you're a serial idiot
0: (laughs) serial idiot i like that i like that um, no, nice. so let's let's really focus at the uh, the challenges that we have in hand right now. We are living in very very difficult times. Um, businesses, how do they plan when no one has any idea what is around the corner? This is the golden nugget. <laughs> how do we do it?
1: Well, I think as I said earlier, um, first of all, you take stock of where you are um, and what's going to change. What has changed in the world? What what is possibly going to change so for example um in 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 my business boardroom advisors uh, we've been physically based geographically based um and and our advisors go and meet clients and 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 advise them in their place of work that's Mm -hmm. how we've set up but now of course with a pandemic you can't do that we are just starting to but but we haven't done for months Everything's been done by Zoom. So that's just, you know, the easy example of um, how, one example of how things are changing uh, with the current situation. So you've got to work out what's changing in the world. Peel peel back the onion. What's changing in the world? What's changing in your industry? How does that affect your business? What are you going to do? Are you going to pivot your business? There's a business I won't name, uh, uh, but um, uh, Bristol-based, uh, who were supplying um, food uh, to uh, uh, to businesses. But, of course, for months, the businesses weren't going to work, so they had to pivot their business mm-hmm. and supply food to homes. Now people are going back to the office, and now they're pivoting back again. You have to be flexible with <clears> that situation. But it's it's a for me, I think it's about, you know, what's changing? How does that affect your model? Are you going to completely pivot your model and change what you do is it a tweak of of what you're doing it's likely you're going to be doing things differently it may just be that actually you're not going to be office based you're going to be virtual you know boardroom advisors is a completely virtual business always has been Mm -hmm. um i I remember 15 20 years ago you would never say that because if you didn't have an office you want a proper company yes um uh, and so you had to pretend that that you know you had a well not pretend but you'd have a serviced office and that would be yes. your office address. Um, but now actually it's your virtual office. And people are like "Wow, that's great." And well, it is in in the current climate. So you know, is it about virtually uh, working rather than physically? Is it about uh, tweaking your? Um, uh, your offering to the marketplace, your pricing to the marketplace, your delivery, the people that you have. What is it that you are going to change? Um, and and thoroughly, thoroughly examine that and don't do it in isolation. Um, uh, do it with your team, um, particularly the decision makers in the team. If you can get some external advice, that's always handy and useful. Perhaps somebody with some grey hairs. <laughs> um, uh, who's been through a couple of crises before, hint, hint. Um, so, <laughs> but, you know, uh, and, and, and and work it out what you're going to do. Do you know the answers? No, none of us do because none of us have been here before. But you're much more likely to be able to cope and then monitor. Don't just do it once. Don't, you know, like that business plan that you do and then you stick in a drawer and don't look at for a year. We well, can't do that when things are moving so fast. You know, air bridges, one minute France is safe, the next minute it's not. Yeah. Uh, you know all this sort of stuff so constantly review that did did you know Were our assumptions why ha- have we have we planned the, the the course forward right oh you know the strategy we put in place is that working is it not working do we need to tweak it do we need to alter the strategy look at it you know probably at, in the current situation probably monthly um, I mm-hmm. would normally say to businesses review your strategy um, you know things like a SWOT analysis and a, a, a Personal, most analysis, yeah. um, but but doing those sort of things, you know, perhaps half yearly or yearly. But but in current circumstances, that's just way too long. The to move, mm-hmm. you know, things are moving too quick. You could
0: have lost your business uh, in that time. At this rate, well, you could well have done going, could, yeah. in,
1: indeed. Um, yeah. So you've got to make those adjustments. You know, plan for the worst um, and, and 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 hope for the best keep control on your costs, obviously, um, but, but but don't rip them out so much that there isn't a business left there. It's, it's a delicate balance, isn't it?
0: It's almost like, you know, from what you're saying, that review, just constant review, that's literally the main controllable action that businesses can take right now is that, you know, sit down, do the brainstorm. What, you know, what's the future going to look like? What could it look like? make a plan, but then it's that constant review because you can't, you can't make any concrete long-term decisions about lots of things, but that's one consistent, repetitive action that you could.
1: Yes, yes, I agree. And also I think one of the problems about strategy and, 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 and planning is that it's very difficult to do in isolation. Um, uh, you, you kind of need structures and processes to help uh, tease the information out of you, and to provide a process that means it's thorough. So uh, I mentioned SWOT analysis earlier. SWOT's mm-hmm. been around for donkeys years. Most people know what it is. Uh, I find it really useful. Um, it doesn't it doesn't solve problems, but what it does, it gets all the issues out onto the table. Um, and so, doing a SWOT analysis: strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats uh internal and external stuff and you and, and you get all that out on the table you brainstorm that in, in a group ideally um and and then you look at the key the key issues in all of those four areas the the tricky bit is then taking all those issues and opportunities and doing stuff with them and you need another structure and process in order to do that okrs okay, is 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 one way of doing it I I I I was lucky enough to 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 train uh, in strategy and 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 we were taught um, uh, what's called most analysis mission objective strategies and tactics sounds a bit like SWOT but it's not it's completely different there is a download on, on the Board of Advisors' website, by the way, if anybody uh, is interested. Which the, we'll share um, in the
0: show notes for you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, the uh, And and that structure is different in that it takes those issues from a SWOT analysis and it helps you do stuff with them. So if, for example, you've got two key, uh, two key weaknesses – What are you going to do about them? And it takes you through that process um, and helps you analyze and brainstorm and come up with solutions. Um, And then once you've got potential solutions, attribute an owner and a timescale to those uh, particular solutions. Somebody has the armband, so things actually happen, and a timescale, of course. Um, So things actually go from you know, this is the weakness. This is what we're going to do about it. This is who has the armband. This is what, you know, this is how it's going to happen. Um, so I, I, I find that combination of SWAT and most very, very useful.
0: Hmm. Do you think that um, in this post COVID kind of world that we're now in, is it those types of businesses that will thrive, that will actually do the, it's more about a cultural and behavioral shift do you think those are the businesses that are going to thrive rather than any particular, I suppose we talk about sort of different markets of opportunity that have popped up because of COVID, you know, in terms of, you know, obviously the takeaway food uh, industry has taken off, you know, PPE has taken off, community, social apps, well-being has all taken off. But um, is it more to do with the businesses' approach to crisis yes, rather yes. than, yeah. Yes,
1: I think I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's very easy to say, Uh, oh gosh I'm lucky I'm in the PPE business Um, or oh crikey I'm really unlucky Um, I'm in the hospitality business that's why my business isn't succeeding Mm. yes if you're in hospitality it's a really tough market really tough so so reinvent yourself Um, Mm. you know uh, look at where the opportunities are in this crisis and there are some Um, and see if you can take advantage of those if you can't well fair enough but you have to. Yes, I agree with you. Um, you know, there's there's lots of things in the mix. There's lucks in the mix. Um, uh, how, how good your sector is in the current situation is in the mix. But I think the most critical factor, you're absolutely right, is how you um, adjust to the circumstance, how you flex your business model, um, how you're creative about what you do and how you make, at the essence... How your value proposition in today's circumstances is relevant. It makes you different, and it makes people want to buy your goods or service. That's always the absolute key.
0: Yeah, finding something that everyone needs. Um, mm. We actually um, cut, did an interview with the um, the founders of the Help Out to Eat Out app. They're two Manchester startup um founders um who just decided to build the app and we talked about seizing the opportunity Um that's not what they did and um, they were a, a retail rewards app but when they heard the news story about the scheme they thought well they're going to need an app for that so they so they built it Brilliant. Um, ended up with thirty thousand users a, a day downloading it for something that was built as a sort of test <laughs> test app so they had a lot of learning
1: what a good example of, yeah. of, of looking at the current circumstance and, and looking at your own skills and experience and knowledge and just trying to put the two together and say, well, okay, in the current situation, is the model we've currently got actually the best or do we pivot and go with something slightly different because the market has changed? But mm-hmm. you've also got to keep one eye on you know, how much are we, going, are, are we possibly going to go back to an old normal mm-hmm. um, and how much is a new normal? So, yeah, I don't know, there's just so many factors in there that yeah. that, that analysis is is so critical because you, you can look at all of those things in there um, and, and try and come out with a best-case scenario and then you're absolutely right, review constantly because the market is changing so quickly.
0: Yeah, they just said that, you know, it was always about having your eye out there, um, mm. you know, and also just, you know, what what was the worst that was gonna happen, you know, if they didn't take the chance to see if it was gonna work, um, you know, and that just having to be dedicated and persevere. <laughs> All of those entrepreneurial traits we talked about earlier.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and uh, you know, being opportunistic is kind of like viewed on as a negative. <laughs> I think it's a positive. What's the opportunity out there? Keep your, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, keep your eye open. Um, keep the brain, keep the juices going. You know, what's the opportunity out there? How can you can take advantage of that? How can you create a business or mold your business or or pivot your business so it takes advantage of that particular circumstance? Um, And you can keep your staff um, employed and, 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 you know, there's some revenue there and, and, and so on.
0: Yeah. And what was really lovely about their story is that they helped other thousands of other businesses keep their doors even, open because that's even
1: better and, even and those more. that have helped the you know the businesses in in some crisis brilliant those have helped the people um uh who are suffering you know i mean that's wow that's even better isn't it that's
0: yeah so um we always like to wrap up with um some key takeaways um from our guests if we reflect back on probably the craziest year we've all ever had, I don't know if anybody can think of another one, but um, what do you think the key lessons are um, that we've learnt, um, or t- we should learn from 2020?
1: Tough one that, isn't it? Um, I think it's just a summary of what I've said earlier. Um, uh, look at where you are, plan for, see what's going to be different, um, plan to 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 pivot or to tweak, your business to, to to take advantage of the opportunities that are there um don't you know obviously don't don't, don't be blind to the to sort the problems um and and mitigate those if that means for example reducing costs and so on but but plan your way out of it um take external advice um in whatever form that is if that's you know a, a mentor in 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 your Um, uh, incubator or accelerator if it's a board advisor in the outside world whatever take some external advice from people who have been through crises um, because that's very important Uh, look at look obviously at your financials we haven't talked much about that Um, you know scale-ups startups are you know they're all about runway well you know, be very clear about where you're spending your money. How can you extend your runway as long as possible without crippling your business? Um, we don't know how long this is going to last, um, so make sure your runway. You know, you can you can create some, some some headroom in there, so so you can keep going. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it's 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 mainly about planning, um, and uh, planning and pivoting and through that process making sure your value proposition is really fine-tuned for the current situation
0: perfect um for those businesses that are uh, perhaps maybe struggling a little bit and really not sure about what the next step um should be hopefully uh john's advice around pat planning uh, and pivoting and doing it on a regular basis um, will hopefully give you some um, sense of um, assurance and hopefully give you a better night's sleep. Fast Forward is a weekly interview podcast brought to you by Tech Manchester, an incubator for digital and creative startups in the Northwest. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. The podcast is produced by Sarah Valley audio editing by Jamie Gounlock and music by Parma Violence. If you've any questions, feel free to drop us a line at info at or follow us on any of our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all under Tech Manchester.